In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. He was, and is, and ever shall be. This morning on the fifth Sunday of Lent, the Church celebrates the life and the repentance of St. Mary of Egypt, and at the end of the, right at the end of this divine liturgy, we will have a reading of her life. So this morning, I'm going to preach only about the gospel that we hear this morning, this very powerful gospel from the Gospel of Mark. And the lesson of this gospel is that Orthodox Christians must always strive to have the mind that is like Jesus Christ's, not a mind like the world, not a mind like the world that is, that is influenced and manipulated by the demonic powers, but to have a mind like Jesus Christ. During this time of this coronavirus, when we are all home and we are all in our own houses, this is a great opportunity for us to start thinking about what is our mindset? What are the things that we worry about? Do we worry about the things that Jesus worries about? Or do we worry th about things that God has no real concern and does not matter to our Lord? This is the time for us to counter the worldly mindset, that mi worldly mindset that is ungodly and demonically sourced, and to recognize the things that really drive us and really move us and, and uh, motivate us in our lives, are they of God or are they of the world? And what is it that we allow to shape our mindset? Jesus labored and still labors to extract from us this worldly mindset and to make us normal again. What does normal look like? What is a normal mindset? A normal mindset is the mindset that Jesus has. The normal mindset is the one that Jesus teaches us in this very morning's gospel. If we want to be great, Jesus does not tell us to stop striving for greatness. But if we want to be great, we have to have the mindset of a servant. If we want to be the most, we have to be the least among our brethren, and to be a slave, it says in the gospel, to serve our brethren so much that we become a slave to them. Their wish is our command, because this is what God does. God is the Lord. God is all-sovereign. God is all-powerful. But he serves man. He lowers himself. He condescends himself to serve man in so many ways. One father says we should take time each day to meditate and to learn about all the good works and all the good service that God does for us. But even when God shows long-suffering, when God restrains himself from chastising and punishing us for the things that we deserve, even that, God is serving us. Jesus labors to extract us from this worldly mindset and to make us normal again. Jesus works to transform our mind and our, our worldly habitual way of thinking and to, be, to ascend and to become, have our thinking be more like God. Now in this morning's gospel, Jesus teaches for a third time about his passion. He teaches our third time in three chapters the sorrowful events that he will encounter. He will be betrayed by the, to the Romans. 
He will suffer. He will be mocked, arrested, tortured, spitted upon, scourged, crucified. Then he will die. And then he says he will rise again. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the passion that is to come and for this new world order of Christianity that is Jesus is inter- in, that is introducing by his passion and by his resurrection. But did it sink in to his disciples? I think it's pretty, pretty clear that at this teaching, it did not. Because what happened? Two of Jesus' disciples, two of his closest disciples, two of his disciples that were with him on Mount Tabor at the Transfiguration, James and John, they made a foolish request to Jesus. They made what might be called a prayer, but it is a bad prayer. They say to Jesus, we want, we want you to do, Jesus, whatever we ask you to do. And Jesus says, what is it? And they said, let us sit at your right hand in glory. Now, what do you think, why do you think James and John wanted to sit at Jesus' right hand in glory? Jesus knows is because these two wanted to have the worldly kind of power. They wanted to be worldly lords. They wanted to tell other people what to do and be great and, be, and have that great feeling of sit, sitting with the Father in the place, of the, most, with the place of the most glory. But Jesus cut to the heart and cut to the heart of their sin. Jesus says to them, because he, he went after James and John's worldly mindset, he says to, Jesus says to them, that's how the Gentiles think. The Gentiles want to be the ruler of everything. Pagans want to be lords of the world. All pagans want to be, in other words, Alexander the Great. All pagans want to be adored by everybody and feared by everybody, whether they be an emperor or some lowly centurion. They want to be the ones in charge. And Jesus teaches James and John. This is the mindset of the world. This is how the great of the world are defined. And here's how we define it in a modern day way of saying it. The way of the Gentiles is dog eat dog. But Jesus says, this is not God's way. Jesus says, this is not my way. And he says, this must not be my disciples' way. Jesus says, this is not how I, the Messiah, your only hope for salvation, forgiveness of sins, resurrection, this is not how I think. God thinks differently. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And we need to acquire the mind of God and we need to acquire his ways. Jesus says, stop thinking about the way the sick, fallen world has always thought and start doing the things that that I teach you. He says, look at my life, look at my ways. Have I ever lorded myself over you, Jesus has said, though he has the power and the authority and the righteousness to do so. Let's look at Jesus in in the Gospels. No, Jesus has never bossed anybody around. Jesus has never bullied anybody. Jesus has never used pressure to make someone do things his way. 
He has been gentle. He has been kind. He has been compassionate. He has been thoughtful. He has invited, but he has never compelled anybody to follow him. Jesus is saying to James and John, look at your thoughts compared to mine. Are you interested? Are you obsessed with the things that I am interested and I am obsessed about? And Jesus calls James and John and he says, essentially, I don't think so. Now the other disciples, it says, were indignant, but we know what was on the minds of the other disciples because we probably think the same way. The other disciples were indignant because James and John had the nerve to ask the very thing that was on their own minds. So this, this, this teaching is not just for James and John, and not just for the other ten disciples, but for every single disciple that has come about, including us, from that time. In conclusion, we can ask ourselves, why do I care so much about what God does not care about? How do I define greatness And how does Jesus define greatness? Jesus defines greatness in terms of serving. God has always served man, and he is calling us to do so. If we want to ascend, we need to descend. If we want to become the first, we need to become the last. That is a servant. That is humble. That is meek. That is mourning for our sins. All the Beatitudes we are called to do if we want to acquire Christ's mind and to, and to learn to do Christ's way of doing things and to truly become his disciples.